With the call of the Hall of Fame game on NBC Sports, it's Sunday Night Football play-by-play announcer Mike Tirico. And I must say, Mike, that kind of rolls right off the tongue. How are you? Well, JP, thanks. It's good to be with you. I think that may be the first time I've been welcomed as such. So thanks for the uh, intro. I like the way it sounds. I'm without question thrilled to be a part of this and thrilled to be uh, in that chair next to Chris, get the chance to do all these great Sunday night games. And Good to open it up here in Canton with the Jaguars and the Raiders. Got a long resume, of course. 25 years at ESPN, 10 on Monday Night Football there. Seventh year now at NBC, Olympics, Notre Dame football, PGA Tour. The list could go on and on. We only have so much time. But is this there at the top? I mean, the Sunday Night Football yeah. package is the gold standard. It, it really is. You know, the right there with the Olympics. I mean, primetime host of the Olympics is uh, – you know, a job that you don't even dream about, and, and same true with this. Uh, I've always you know, loved primetime NFL. To be a part of Monday night for those 10 years that you mentioned was one of the highlights of my career, and uh, my assumption is this will be right there with it too. Uh, to to do these two premier primetime packages, the Monday night and the Sunday night package, do one on cable, and then this one here on broadcast is, uh, for any of us who do the NFL, is a treat. You know, the, you can talk about the ratings in certain windows and all that stuff, but um, you know, Sunday night football is the way everybody ends that uh, great day of football, 18 weeks a year now. And uh, to have that after everybody watches their early games, the pregame shows in the morning, that big 425 Eastern game, and then just settles in for Sunday night before the slog of a week begins. It's uh, it's going to be great. No, the players – have just jumped to the top of the ladder on Sunday nights over the years. And I'm sure we'll see that. And the schedule's unbelievable. We you know we start with the opener with the Rams unveiling their banner against Buffalo, and then Tampa, Tampa Bay and Brady go down to Texas to face the Cowboys and all the way through the schedule's great. So I, I couldn't be more excited for the entirety of what's ahead this fall and winter. Mike Tarico, NBC Sports with us. Simple question, but a deep answer, I'm sure. <laughs> After last season's situation with the Jaguars, yeah. what is the perception of the Jaguars organization nationally? Well, you need to get it right. You know, it was uh, it was a swing. It was a swing for the fences, and it was a strikeout. Let's just be honest, right? Uh, you know, things just didn't work with Urban. And here's the good news. It was only one year for Trevor. You didn't ruin or lose a guy. Uh, now Trevor seems to have a great fit with Doug Peterson, personality, a quarterback, a guy who has won a Super Bowl, has developed young quarterbacks along the way, uh, really has a sense of what it takes, and uh, there's a professional approach to it. So you're not going to have those mistakes and those highs and lows that the team went through last year. So if it was a two- or three-year thing that ran it right into the ground, that would be one thing. It wasn't, and there's a lot of talent on this roster. So you know there's somebody who has gotten the most out of professional players here, and I think you're going to see that. So I think the good news, the perception is probably better than the record has been over the last couple of years. And the reality is when you start to look at this team, when you do an exam, you go, you know what? Those three receivers are okay. That's a pretty darn good tight end room. There are a lot of teams that would take Robinson, ETN, let's say Snoop Connor develops as a running back that's pretty good you know I, I i like your left tackle i i like what you're doing throwing the right guard in there at uh at a big price for one of the veterans with brandon sheriff and then obviously on the defensive side of the ball you've used the number one pick to bring in a guy to go opposite your other first round guy's been here for four years it's a good 
place to start. So I think overall, this is a team that probably nationally has a better feel in hopes of a positive couple of years ahead than last year's story wrote out to be. Mike Tarico with us. You say all those names, but it all comes back to number 16, quarterback, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. obviously. Uh, his rookie experience was was not what you wanted, obviously, with everything no. going on around it. But it seemed like he handled it with, with class and poise and, and went through some learning periods on the field, was healthy, played all 17 games. He has that in his back pocket now as he moves ahead. That's a good start. And for me, that Indianapolis game, week 18, game 17, was this guy can do this. Okay, That Colt team had everything to play for and was a good team. And Trevor played well. And I did uh, – so Doug Flutie and I, for like the third or fourth year, did a corporate uh, event right around the BCS or the CFP championship game. Uh, you can tell I'm old. I can go back to the BCS here too. It's changed a few times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and Trevor was our guest. So we did a Zoom call for some clients, and it was me, Flutie, and we had Trevor for a half hour. So I talked to Trevor beforehand that afternoon for a little bit. And you could tell that he was uh, he was beat up. It was a tough year. You could tell how satisfied he was to see it through and come out, come away at the end with a big win. And to me, that told me this guy, given the right coach, we didn't know it was going to be Doug at the time. Uh, he could he could be ready. So I think you're going to see a good couple of years out of him here. And here's what they did: we we've got we've got what everybody's trying to get a franchise quarterback, and we feel like he has the ability to do it. Now let's surround him. And the additions on this team, that's a lot of money they're spending, guaranteed signing bonus money, but they are to surround the investment. What what have we seen now, the new shift the last five years in the NFL? This is the time to win when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and you can afford to spend around him and surround him. That's what this team has done. I think they've done it smartly. I think they've done it with mostly proven guys who still have room to continue to play at that level. So I think it's it's a good fit. I I'm excited about. You don't have to be, um, you don't have to be Tom Brady. You don't have to be this superstar quarterback to succeed. Turn and hand it off, Robinson Etn. Throw it to Zay Jones. Throw it to Christian Kirk out of a slot. Throw it to um, to Marvin Jones. Evan Ingram down the down the seam. Two tight ends. You can do a lot of stuff. I, I have I haven't mentioned. You know, using Chenault or Agnew in their roles, right? I mean, with with LaVisca Chenault and Travis Etienne and even Jamal Agnew, you get three guys you can get the ball just uh, so simple dump that they can get you 15 or 20 yards. What a best friend that is for a quarterback. So I think this has been well-conceived, and I think Trevor's going to really thrive this year. I really do. We've seen a lot of that in training camp so far, uh-huh. lining guys up all over the place. You know, Christian Kirk said it. He's got to learn every position at wide receiver on the yeah. offense because Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, those guys are going to rotate those guys around. Mike Tarico is with us from NBC Sports. You know, we mentioned the offense, and when you're scoring 14.8 points per game, you just can't compete in the NFL. Right. So that was the priority in the offseason. But they also revamped the defensive side, Mike. Yep. And they got a new coordinator in there, obviously, new scheme. There's only a, a couple of players that were here in 2020 or before on this defense. Right. Pretty much everybody else is new the last year or two. And it's a full revamp there. And when you pick number one overall, again, you get Trayvon Walker in there. I, I hope we get to see him Thursday night as a rookie. I'm curious how long, if, if at all, he'll play. But um, 
this defense has to step up in a big way, I think. But we just don't know what it's going to look like. That's the real no, question right now. You, you don't. So let's go by positions. And look, everybody right now feels like they could be good, right? You can, you can sit and make the case that every team could be, hey, they could be 7-7 seven and seven with three games to go. And who knows what happens, right? But, but let's just go position by position, just from afar. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's going to be trying to prove something here at the end of his deal. Uh, Trayvon Walker has that versatility. People like him. You spent the, the money smartly, I think, on an interior guy in Fotokasi. You can really do it inside. And we saw that with the Jets during his time there for sure. Um, then I go to linebacker position. You know, we'll see what Lloyd is. I know what I saw at Utah. I thought it was terrific. But, uh, you know, for a play-by-play guy, Falcons games are great to call because you can close your eyes and say, look, on the tackle, and you got a one in four chance of being right. He was in on like every third play or fourth play. So you really have a proven guy. Shaquille Griffin feels like he wants to be a leader over there. I want to see what Tyson Campbell does. And I'm going to tell you, and I'm partisan, but I saw most of every snap that Andre Sisco played. And that guy's, that guy's got a nose for the ball now. Sisco can play. I'm a Syracuse alum, so I saw all the games he played. I'm glad he got into the starting job the last, what, I guess, two or three games last year. Um, that's a guy you can roll out there. So there are pieces in places, right? I haven't mentioned everybody, but there are pieces in places. So you feel kind of comfortable that this defense is not going to be giving up 30 points a game. So can you give up 20? Can you score 24, right? That, that, that's what we're talking about here. Um, and the margin's very small in the NFL. So this team has, I think, all the pieces in place on both sides of the ball to grow. Is this a playoff team? I'm not going to say that. It's a good division. I think the Colts are going to be even better with Matt Ryan. Um, I think we've seen Tennessee. You better be ready to play Tennessee. I mean, they're, they're going to physically pound you here. And that's going to be very important for this team. And Doug has said it multiple times. In this division, can you stop the run? And I think if this team is based on that and grows out from there, uh, on the defensive side, they'll get the ball back enough for Trevor with a chance to score some points with those offensive options we discussed. It always comes back to Syracuse, though, in one way. At or all other. times, that's our goal. Before you leave, you're told every broadcast you got to figure out a way to work it in. And this is damn. You know, my first game's a layup. I got Andre Cisco once. I got Chandler Jones who was signed on the other side by the Raiders. This one, this one's a no-brainer for me. Mike Tirico, NBC Sports, has the call of the Hall of Fame game. Of course, the Jaguars are in the Hall of Fame game because Tony Baselli was elected to the Pro Football yeah. Hall of Fame. He'll be enshrined this Saturday in the ceremony at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, the first Jaguars player to be enshrined in Canton. A major milestone, of course, for the franchise to, to finally have a player in that hall. What stands out to you about Baselli? Is there... A moment? Is there an interaction with him? I have plenty yeah. of those, but uh, <laughs> what about you? Well, I mean, look, the headlines are from SC onto Jacksonville. Just Baselli's on the field left tackle, and you knew that was pretty much taken care of, right? What, what a what a true definition of a Hall of Famer. Think about uh, in this sport. It's the one sport where the guys go into the Hall of Fame who don't touch the ball or score for the most part. Now, actually, you can say, okay, goalies and hockey are pitchers. Pitchers in baseball are touching every time. Goalies and hockey are making saves. You've got to really stand out amongst the people at your position to be recognized as an offensive lineman in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Tony Pacelli stood out year after year after year for his quality of play and the quality of individual. He represented that franchise really well. If you think of a Jaguar, I think in the early days with you know, Coach Coughlin and building that thing, 
Brunel and Baselli and the running backs and, and all the stuff and the receivers. And, but but Baselli was that standard and he was terrific. So uh, Tony obviously does the radio there, but he also has done national radio over the years. And I've worked with God, I don't know, in all my sports, maybe 120 analysts of different ilk. And Baselli is one of them. We did one game together, but we did a hell of a game together. We did Tom Brady's last game in Foxborough, the playoff game that they lost. And it was a foggy night. And it was Tony was it was Westwood one. Tony's in the booth with me. Laura Oakman was on the sideline. The game ended. And it was just like a foggy night and the place empty. And we're just sitting there. And we didn't know it was Brady's last game, but we kind of felt it. And Logan Ryan made the pick at the end of the game to kind of close it out, his former teammate. And we're just looking at each other like, we could have just seen the last game for Tom Brady. And the stadium had this eerie feeling. I'll never forget sitting there with Tony and uh, just kind of sharing that moment that we got a chance to see one of the great players of all time and the greatest run anybody's had with one team. And, uh, man, I I love him on the air. We had fun doing the broadcast. It was fun to do it together. It's exactly the way you picture doing a game with a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. He took up most of the booth. He dominated the whole thing. He was kind of – no, rough around the edges and gruff, and but like the most dang lovable and dependable guy. Couldn't be happier for Tony and his family. I couldn't be happier for Duval County and all the Jaguars fans because uh, it's been a tough couple of years uh, after Doug Marone had that thing shockingly within a drive or two of the Super Bowl, right? Uh, which isn't all that long ago. Uh, to see this franchise just start kind of a new era with a celebratory day is uh, is good for the good people of Jacksonville and I uh, couldn't be happier for Tony and thrilled to, thrilled to be here to see him go in the Hall of Fame on Saturday. Mike, thanks for the time. Congratulations on the increased role at NBC and we'll talk to you soon. JP, thank you. I am rooting for the Jags because I'm all excited at some point to get a Sunday night football game back down there anytime while. soon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to come back. So let's get this thing rolling. Great to talk to you. Have a great season.